Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. My guest today is someone that I'm really looking forward to talk to today. Uh, she is a very accomplished individual, someone that as I've learned more about her story, the work that she does, and uh, just her life experience overall, uh, I, I've just become more enthralled by what she does, the story that she has, and I think that you all are really going to uh, enjoy our conversation today. Uh, so, Megan, thank you very much for joining me on today's episode. Yeah, gosh, thank you for that introduction. Um, <laughs> well, I'm Megan Green. I am a nonprofit professional, um, sort of musician, cancer survivor, uh, TEDx speaker. Um, yeah, I guess all that'll just kind of come up. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to ask you first and foremost, um, so you, I, I did not realize this, like, when I first spoke with you, I did not realize this about you, and you t I, you may have mentioned it, I don't know, it could have very well just gone over my head, but I realized it later into our conversation, what you had mentioned is that you are, did you say, not, is it nine years? Can't nine years yet. Okay, yeah. so I just want to ask you about that, because... I think that a lot of times, in I know in my life in particular, and I've met a lot of other individuals where there's moments in our lives where there's what I, I call like defining moments. It's not just like any other normal Tuesday or something, you know, <laughs> uh, where we'll have experiences or moments that we can recall back and say, I remember what that felt like. I remember what that was like. I remember what that time has hopefully taught me since then. And whenever, you, I, I believe you told me that over email, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's great, that's great to hear, but I, I was like, I know there's gotta be more to this story. And so I, I wanted to just hear from you, like, what is your story like that from? What, what is, what's, uh, what's your experience post, uh, you know, that experience been like? And, and how have, how have uh, I would imagine there's been in, individuals that have been empowered by your story. Has there been anybody that you've been able to impact through your story in that way? Um, well, I actually ended up working with yeah. breast cancer survivors yeah. after, um, you know, I got out of treatment, so I, I like to think that hopefully I helped, you know, um, people through that work. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, though, because the my cancer story is not something I think about every day mm -hmm. um, at this point, and that's probably why it's like I just fired it off in an email when it yeah. was like, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, yeah. oh, by the way, um, because <laughs> it, it was, it did have a profound impact on my life, um, my career trajectory, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the way I take care of my health, my perspective on the world. Um, you know, it challenged me to do things that I might have been scared to do before mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like, why not? Give yeah. it a try. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a day-to-day -day thing where, you know, it's always part of my life, but it's such a normal part of my life now mm -hmm. that I just kind of like, I don't think of it as... Uh, well, I do think of it as part of who I am, but yeah. I think of it as part of who I am just like I think of like my, you know, hobbies yeah. as part of who I am. Yeah. You know? Well, no, I, I totally get that because one of my best friends, uh, he in, I, want to, I, I think it was 2018, either 2018 or 2019, uh, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. And I forget which kind. I know there's Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's. I don't remember the difference between the two necessarily. But... Uh, he dealt with that for about two years, I want to say, and he's been cancer-free ever since, which is which is great. Yeah. Uh, but he says a lot of the same things. You know, <laughs> to me, if I ever talk to him about it, it's like, yes, that is a part of. He'll say like, you know, that is a part of my story. Like, obviously, that's something that happened to me, and 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 an experience that uh, I took a lot from, and and have you know, there's a lot I'm grateful for, and a lot of you know, a lot of good and a lot of bad, but. Uh, I think it's interesting how he'll say a lot of times, like, I don't want to just be like the cancer person. Like, I don't want to just be like, that's not the only thing about me. You know, there's more to my story than that. Uh, and I, I think that's an interesting way to look at it, you know, because it can be very easy oftentimes in life to allow singular things, good or bad, to like define everything we do, everything we say about ourselves. Um, and I think people like you are a great example of being able to take those good or bad experiences and not, you know, allow them to be a part of your story, but not allow them to define every bit of your life. And I, I just think that's really cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm still always happy to talk about yeah. it. And like you mentioned, you know, he didn't want to be the, the cancer guy. Yeah. And like, I totally get that. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I'm kind of okay with being, you know, cancer lady. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because now, um, you know, when I have friends that um, are like, I found a lump, mm -hmm. or, you know, my girlfriend's sister mm -hmm. um, just got diagnosed, yeah. you know, they'll come to me and they'll mm -hmm. be like, they just want to talk to somebody not a doctor, somebody yeah. that's been there. And of course I don't give medical advice, yeah. I have no training for that. Um, but, you know, I, I can kind of talk about my experience and everybody's experience is different, but I think mm -hmm. that it's what I found when I was working for a breast cancer nonprofit and talking to so many survivors mm -hmm. and even since, is that like, it's just really nice to be able to talk to somebody else that's like been there mm -hmm. and like has this life now that is separate from mm -hmm. their diagnosis, yeah. you know, like, um, People ask me like, you know, they'll ask very specific questions. They'll ask things that honestly they're embarrassed to ask their doctor mm -hmm. about, you know, yeah. particularly if it's a woman with a male yeah. doctor. Yeah. Um, so it, it is really um, fulfilling mm -hmm. in that way to be that kind of reference point for people. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally like 100% understand the, the thing you're saying. Like it's one thing to have like an expert in the room and say, oh, well you can do this or these are your options or you know, this, that and the other. But it's a totally different thing to have someone who has walked in or has walked in your shoes or in a similar, has gone down a similar path before you, you yeah. know? Uh, and, and I think that whether it's a, some, you know, something incredibly serious or something maybe, you know, just run of the mill, it having people like that in your life are incredibly important. Uh, you know, I. I I've never dealt with cancer personally, but I know that in the times of my life where I've gone through something, you know, extremely negative or extremely positive, having someone in my corner that can relate to it in some way has always been extremely beneficial. And that leads me, I want to ask you, so did you get working uh, or, or did you start working uh, specifically uh, in the nonprofit sector with, uh, you know, breast cancer survivors after your diagnosis or was it, or was it before? It was after my diagnosis. So um, I went back to school in my late 20s after having done a little nonprofit work and realizing, like, I wanted to do that, like, you know, on yeah, purpose. That was the thing, that was the thing <laughs> um, I wanted to do. And yeah, so I yeah. went back to school to get a degree in nonprofit management. And so when I got diagnosed, I was actually um, still pursuing that degree. I had thought I was going to do like arts and education nonprofits, and a lot of the stuff that I do, you know, on the side is related to like mm -hmm. education or arts or you know um, gender issues or. But I kind of fell into the cancer sphere um, when I was um, or after I was diagnosed. I started out doing some volunteer work at the American Cancer Society, worked for them for a little while. Um, after I left there and had a little bit of a like gap year, we'll say, um, I had some contacts that when a position came open with this breast cancer organization, they're like, you should go there. Mm -hmm. um, so it just, it timed out really well. And of course, I'm no longer with that organization. Um, they actually kind of merged in with a larger organization mm -hmm. to be able to serve people mm -hmm. more effectively. Mm -hmm. um, but it was... Um, yeah, my, my breast cancer diagnosis definitely led, led me down that path. Yeah. And it's, it's a thing that was not expected, yeah. um, but it was a great, you know, a great part of my career. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I've talked to different individuals who work in the nonprofit sector, and, and I've, part, for, for whatever reason, there's a part of me that finds that, I mean, there's a lot of different avenues. There's not just one nonprofit business. There's, you know, there's a field, but there's lots of different, uh, you know, colors and combinations that a nonprofit business can, can look like. And... I find them generally just somewhat fascinating because they're always about, in my experience from what I've seen, they're usually always about something bigger than themselves. It's not just like, hey, we provide this product or hey, we provide this service. It's always, you know, we do this work, we provide this service or product in service of, you know, this community or in service of these people or in service of this cause, you know, something to that degree. and. I think that's really cool because I think most people, I would dare say, I mean, I, I would I would fall into this category, like, if we had our way, we want to work for something that we feel like is bigger than ourselves. It's not just like, you know, it, it doesn't, all, there doesn't always have to be like a grand thing to everything we do, but at, for me at least, like at the end of the day, the work that I do and the things that I do in, in my day-to-day -day life, I don't want it to just be for nothing, like I want it to amount to something, you know? And so I think that people, you know, like yourselves that, that have worked in it and people that currently do, like I just think that they're very interesting individuals because they're taking that full on, they're taking that, you know, full steam ahead, like that's that's what they do. 
And does that resonate with you at no, all? No, a hundred percent. I was just thinking that's exactly yeah. why I got into nonprofit yeah. work. Um, you know, I, I remember one day just going like, I want to do something that even on the worst, mm -hmm. longest day, yeah. um, you know, I feel like matters. Yeah. And that's, I'm going to be honest, it's a little bit selfish because mm -hmm. it's about the way it makes me feel. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, um, you know, I'm not, um, you know, some, you know, white knight or something. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just... I like serving others because yeah. it makes me happy yeah. and, and it means when I have a really bad day, yeah. I can still go, okay, you know, I'm yeah. gonna take the evening off mm -hmm. and I'm gonna get back to fighting tomorrow yeah. because that is what I'm here to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that absolutely is exactly how I ended up yeah. pursuing that line of work. And is that something that you, you, I mean, I know you said that you went back to, you went back to school specifically to get a degree in, mm -hmm. in nonprofit management. Yeah. Was that something that you, I'll loosely use the word always because like, you know, you're people with like, yeah, I always wanted to do this thing. But was, was that something that you you've wanted to do for, you know, a long period prior to that? Or was it something that you kind of leading up to your decision to work in that? It was a, a short span of time that uh, where you decided you wanted to work in that field. I kind of didn't know that I could do that yeah. um, for a long time. But um, so I, I grew up in Chattanooga. I went mm -hmm. to arts and sciences mm -hmm. um, and students were required, and I'm sure still are, mm -hmm. to do you know a number of volunteer hours. So yeah, I was involved in doing volunteer work mm -hmm. all through school. Um, and then I was, I was a theater kid. So mm -hmm. I did a lot with the Chattanooga Theater Center. Yeah. And I remember I just really wanted to work at the theater center. <laughs> and I was like, how does one work at the theater center? Yeah. It's like, well, you can do marketing mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know, yeah. you can um, be, you know, the executive director yeah. or, or whatever. And like, even then, like as a teenager, I didn't really get mm -hmm. that. Like, I don't think I really understood the, the concept of like, this is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. I just was like, Theater is really cool. This is a really cool place. Um, and, and then, like, yeah. so I left Chattanooga in my early 20s, went to art school, and fell into working for a nonprofit mm -hmm. that I was really just doing customer service. Like, mm -hmm. it's it was the same job I would do in any for-profit mm -hmm. customer service yeah. kind of job. Yeah. Um, but I started realizing that, like, hey, there are people that do these things mm -hmm. in nonprofits that, like, you can get specifically trained mm -hmm. to do nonprofit work. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of people that work in nonprofits that have other backgrounds, mm -hmm. finance or marketing mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and I kind of, so, so yes and no. I mean, it was yeah. a traje trajectory of yeah. like, it's always been the same thing that like I was passionate about, yeah. but it wasn't until I was in my mid twenties that I knew that it was a thing I could actually yeah. do on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's when I decided to, you know, to move back to Chattanooga yeah. and, go back to school because I know UTC has a great um, public administration nonprofit program um, and Chattanooga has so many amazing nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if your dream is to work in nonprofit, Chattanooga is the place yeah. to be. That's the thing that yeah. I've found out. I, I was, I, I've talked, like I said, I've talked to some people on this very show that a lot of the work they do is, is specifically in the nonprofit sector. But, uh, you know, I, I was, whenever I was, I, I've learned as time goes, has gone on, I've learned more about the nonprofit sector here in Chattanooga. Uh, I, I've been pleasantly surprised at just how big and, and popular it really mm -hmm. is. Uh, I, I was actually talking to one individual on, on here once, and I was like, you know, I'd, coming out of college, like it, it didn't seem to me like uh, like nonprofits really got the amount of shine that I, I felt like they deserved. And he and the individual I was talking to, he's like, well, like there's a lot of like they do they do like do a lot of great work, and a lot of people end up working there. And, and he was telling me about just the actual impact that nonprofits have, specifically speaking, in the in the Chattanooga community. And I was somewhat pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I was wrong. Like, and that's like, I'm glad to hear that, you know, because to me, I was thinking that it was this somewhat underserved, uh, you know, sector of, of the market that needed, obviously everybody, you know, everybody needs help in different ways. But to me, it, it seemed like there was this underserved uh, need for people all the time, which I seem to be wrong about that. Now, I was, at least in, in his, uh, you know, his analysis of everything, uh, I was somewhat wrong in that. And I was glad to hear that because I think that they play such a vital role, but it's somewhat of a, it can be somewhat of a thankless job at times. And so it, it's hard to give them the props that they deserve at times. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in this community, they're probably because like, it's just part of the culture of the community yeah, to, yeah. to be involved in service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's people volunteering or donating or the people that go and want to work for nonprofits, I do think we could have like good, 
you know, I would say human capital here, mm -hmm. like people that want to be yeah. involved um, that said, you know, the, the market actually here is really saturated with nonprofits. Mm -hmm. um, and so rather than competing with each other, mm -hmm. the nonprofits in this community try to work together mm -hmm. so that we can all leverage mm -hmm. what we're doing for the greatest mm -hmm. amount of good, you yeah. know. Um, and, you know, as saying the nonprofit, the breast cancer nonprofit I worked for had like merged in with a larger one mm -hmm. because that's a more efficient use of yeah. you know yeah. so the you know the programs are still happening mm -hmm. but they didn't need you know one staff member working in this tiny organization mm -hmm. where they could be part of a bigger one that has yeah. like they have they have the resources the, the resources and, the, and yeah. the team yeah. um you know and that said with as many nonprofits mm -hmm. as there are in this community of course like we always need more support yeah. you know and, yeah. and that's what i do now um primarily is fundraising mm -hmm. um so yeah, it's a lot of fundraisers don't mm -hmm. make it six months in their first job. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you know that it seems like a thankless job, yeah. and and it can mm -hmm. I think, but I think if you're really you know passionate about the work and you really get to know your donors, mm -hmm. it's not thankless work. Mm -hmm. Like the donors that I've worked with have always been um, really appreciative of the work that we're doing, mm -hmm. um, but it can be you know it can be difficult, and yeah. so you're you're people starting out. It's kind of a you know trial by fire, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like not everybody is is cut out to do that, and yeah. that's totally okay because yeah. it takes all kinds of people to do all kinds of work to oh, make yeah. this world run. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so I want to ask you a little bit about your experience, just kind of everything revolving uh, the speech you delivered for the was it in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one for the TEDx event. Uh, I know it was virtual, but I for the, the time frames are getting mixed. Yeah, in my head I, I think that was, was early 2021 because I feel like it was in the spring. That's what I thought as well. 2020 would have been like yeah. right at the beginning. Yeah, okay. it must have been I, I thought, 2021. I thought it was. I can't remember. I know it was virtual, but there's so much overlap. I was like, I, yeah. I, I, so we were yeah. we were yeah. well into the yeah. pandemic, but not at the very beginning. So yeah, yeah 2021. So I, I want to ask you a little bit about that because. First and foremost, well, if anybody's listening, I'll, I'll be sure to link the video in the description of this episode. If you want to check it out, I, I, I watched and listened to it. I think it was great. Okay. Uh, and, and so I think you did a great job, and, and I would encourage other people to listen to it as well. Uh, but I want to ask you about what that experience was like, because for me, I, so I had an interesting, uh, I have an interesting relationship with you know the whole TEDx entity that it is, because I remember specifically when I found out what it was, I went on like this rabbit hole of just like watching and listening and watching because I just thought they were very interesting. Like I'd see all these cool people go on these stages and talk and about all these different topics and it, it seems like such a, to, on the outside looking in, it seemed like such an interesting process of going through with that, uh, that whole event. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of turned it on its head and it's like, hey, we're doing this again and you've been chosen for it, but it's going to be virtual. Yeah. That, oh. that really kind of, yeah. I would imagine there's a lot, some different hurdles and hoops to jump through. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I, um, the reason I kind of cringed, I'm like, oh, you're going to share it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was very different yeah. doing something like that virtually. I mean, honest, like, um, as a speaker, like I thrive off of an audience yeah. and interaction and like yeah. a conversation yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, and to me, like even delivering mm -hmm. something to a room full of people is mm -hmm. still still kind of a conversation, yeah. even if they're not really yeah. speaking. Yeah. Well, they're they're reacting. Yeah. You yeah. can't do that virtually, yeah. particularly when you're doing something that's pre-recorded, yeah. which yeah. mine was pre-recorded. It wasn't even like yeah. done live. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like I'm no Brene Brown, yeah. but it was still a really cool experience. <laughs> Um, I would love to do it again yeah. in person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, um, long story short, like I had a contact mm -hmm. that was actually running the um, the TEDx or mm -hmm. some of the TEDx events um, mm -hmm. out of Nashville mm -hmm. um, and was looking for speakers mm -hmm. and it just kind of came across it and she was like, you should do this. Um, and the first time I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, not doing it, yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, I think the first time she asked me was before the pandemic, so it probably would have been live. Yeah. And now I kind of am like, I should have done that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I necessarily had like the most innovative idea to share or anything. Mine was more, I think like a pep talk mm -hmm. than it was. I know TEDx is usually like new and innovative ideas. Yeah. And mine was like, yeah, this is stuff we know. Mm -hmm. But here's here it is coming from somebody else to tell you yeah. that like, you know, it's okay to fail mm -hmm. and you know, you can do impossible things yeah. if you stop telling yourself yeah. 
that you're going to fail or yeah. let yourself fail and yeah. use that yeah. and just keep going. Like we can do so many amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was nice to get that message out. I will say I wish I had been able to do it yeah. um, live because yeah. it was awkward mm -hmm. and that's why I cringe. Yeah. But um, well, I, I will yeah. say I, I do. I know like obviously because I've watched a handful of the, the 2021 like the, the ones that happened during 2020 and some of the different ones thereafter that were virtual and, and like you can tell there's something obviously different about it. Like they're in just a room maybe by themselves. Maybe there's a couple people but like it, it's not the same obviously. So like yeah, there's, there's some differences up front but I think, I mean, you were talking about your whole message about, you know, you can do impossible things and that it, it all really kind of starts with you and your attitude towards mm -hmm. it. Um, I think a message like that, although simple and maybe heard before by other individuals, it's never a bad message to be retold again. And I think it's just as, in my opinion, it's, it may not be the exact same as if there's an audience of a hundred or, you know, a thousand people in front of you, but it's still going to reach a lot of people and it's still going to have yeah. an impact. And that's the thing, like you may not be able to see it right then in that moment, but there's going to be people, I mean, I saw it, I mean, you know, I saw it and I enjoyed it before. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people that see it as well, that it will resonate with them maybe silently. You may not, you may not know about it, you may not hear about it, but it will still have that impact. And that's the cool thing that I think about it, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's kind of why I wanted to do, it was for myself mm -hmm. and also for, you know, other people to, yeah, maybe you've heard this before and maybe yeah. it didn't quite sink in. And yeah. maybe this is yeah. the next time that like yeah. you, you know, it sinks in and you get mm -hmm. it. But um, yeah, it was just, you know, I, one thing I think I would do differently, mm -hmm. even doing it virtually is to actually go into a studio mm -hmm. and record it because mm -hmm. if anybody sees this video, <laughs> it's this terrible, like my cell phone camera, yeah. terrible lighting. Somehow my hair was like bright red in it because <laughs> of the lighting. Like my hair was dyed red, but it was not like fire engine yeah. Ronald McDonald red. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I got done recording it and I'm like, this is terrible. Like the, the background and the lighting. Mm. And, and I'm like, you know what? I gotta let go of that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. And that was such a large part of, you know, what I was talking about that mm -hmm. I kinda had to go, just you did it. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. do it. Just do it. Send it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean I would love to, you know, do that again in person or in a studio or something like that. But and, and I, I think it's interesting that you say that last thing right there because something that I mean I know I talk to a lot of people on here, but there's a big difference between talking to a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone, and there, there's a big, big difference between that and speaking to a crowd of people, whether it's like ten people or you know a thousand people. Um, was speaking in front of people? I mean, I'm sure you probably still get nervous and stuff. Like you know, we all get nervous when doing different things. But was that something that you always excelled at, or always felt that you were comfortable with, or was that something that you had to kind of build yourself up to be able to do and be comfortable with? So that's also a yes and no. Yeah, I did theater yeah. from a very yeah. early age, so yeah. I was always comfortable comfortable being on a stage. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a period of time in my life when I first started doing public speaking, mm -hmm. like as myself, as Megan, where yeah. I was like, "This is awful." Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people hate public speaking. Oh, so that's not yeah. weird at all. But yeah. um, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that like it really was kind of the same as theater, mm -hmm. um, and just every time in practice, like. Now I love it. Mm -hmm. Like I, anytime somebody wants to give me an opportunity to go and speak about something, I'm like, yes, please. Mm -hmm. um, and I get a little sad when somebody else like mm -hmm. from work is like, they're gonna go and deliver the speech yeah. or something. I mean, not really, like we all have our strengths and there yeah. are moments where like, yeah. it's appropriate for me and moments yeah. where it's appropriate for somebody else. But if I could do it all the time, mm -hmm. I would, yeah. but I did not always feel that way. Yeah. It just took practice and changing my mindset about yeah. it to realize I really enjoy it. Yeah. And something that I've grown to, I've done a few, I'll loosely say public speaking, not that I've delivered like speeches in front of giant crowds of people or anything, but of the few times that I have spoken in front of a small crowd of sorts, the thing that has helped me, you know, kind of dull my anxieties a little bit about it or, or enjoy it more is viewing it as a conversation. Because I mm -hmm. think, you know, the, the idea of public speaking, that can seem daunting. Like you're, you're getting up in front of people and you're, you're just speaking out towards them. But, you know, someone, I've talked to some people before and I've, I've spoken to a couple things and people have been like, hey, like, you know, were you nervous at all? I was like, not, not really, but it was more because I viewed it less as me speaking yeah. at you and I'm speaking with you. You know, like, like in a normal conversation, I feel very comfortable saying these things to you because 
I feel confident what I have to say. I can tell that you're listening to me and, and it's, it's easy going for me. And so when that's multiplied by however many people, as long as I can understand that you're still listening to me and I feel confident about what I'm saying, then it's just a conversation. It's yeah, just with it's a lot more people, that you know? perspective yeah, shift yeah. is like essential for yeah. so many things. It's, yeah. you know, how you, how you look at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and you know, you, the thing I always heard growing up is like, well, you know, you, you got these people and like, imagine them, like, imagine they're not even looking at it. Imagine they're not even there. And like, that's a, that can doesn't be a tough, yeah, it's like, yeah. that doesn't, I mean, they're there. They're I need right, them to be yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, they're right there in if front of you. If they're not there, then, yeah. then I get nervous. Yeah, so, you know, because it's like, I, I, for me, and, you know, this isn't, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, like, this may not be the case for everybody, but I enjoy talking to people. I don't want to talk at people. I don't want to be, like, you know, talking at you and just saying words and it's just hitting you in the face, but I want to, I want to tell that you're receiving what I'm saying. I want to see your reaction to it. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but I want to try and have a conversation as much as we can. Even though I might be doing most of the talking during the conversation, you know, if I'm speaking in front of people or, or even if it's something like this where it's one-on-one, -on -one, I want to have a conversation where I can tell, you know, the words have been said and they've been received and, and heard and listened to. And I, I don't know, that may not be the way that most people can, you know, a way that people can overcome some fear of public speaking, but I think it's a good start, you know, is, is viewing it more of a conversation rather than, oh, I'm speaking at these people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely need that, that energy and that, like I said, even if they're not talking back, it does yeah. feel like a conversation because I can feel them yeah. reacting. Yeah. Um, and that is way more fun than yeah. like just talking to, yeah. um, you know, an iPhone yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Uh, so, like you said, I know that your your speech was virtual, and I, I think it'd be great if you could, you know, do it live in front of people again. But um, what for you? How did, how did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to talk about what you wanted to talk or what you did talk about? Was it something that like you know it had been sitting in the back of your mind, and you were like, this like if I'm just given the chance, I'm going to talk about it. Like if I'm just if I can just have have my you know my chance to talk about this, or is it more of a you know, a seed was planted over time and, and you, you know, had options in front of you. Like, what, what was your thought process coming to the conclusion that you wanted to talk about what you talked about? Yeah, I think honestly I had to build it mm -hmm. after I agreed to speak. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was going to talk about. <laughs> None at all. And so I'm running through, I'm like, what am I an expert in? And I'm like, nothing anybody wants to hear about. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm not saying like that there aren't things that I'm really good at, but it's yeah. like, does the TEDx event really want to hear me talk about fundraising techniques? Probably not. Yeah. Like, that's not the media for mm -hmm. this. I'm like, just... Oh, you'd be surprised. Um, I've heard some interesting... No, and I mean, there are, but like yeah, this yeah. particular audience, yeah, like yeah, there yeah. are some great yeah. speakers about fundraising and yeah. nonprofits. Yeah. I am not... Um, I'm not one of them. <laughs> um, I'm good at my job, but that's yeah. not... That wasn't the thing. I just realized that wasn't the thing yeah. for yeah. me to talk about yeah. with this audience. And I guess, you know, I just... I got, I got a notebook, like... Um, you know, I, I like to write a lot and I'm always keeping notes. So I have like, I think it was my, like I have a cool dinosaur notebook. It was like, mm -hmm. I got myself a fun notebook, mm -hmm. you know, that I actually wanted to look at and write in. And I just kind of like started, you know, I'd leave a few pages in between. I just kind of started writing things down, mm -hmm. notes and quotes and like thinking about like my experiences. And, you know, it all just kind of came together. I know that's not really a good roadmap, mm -hmm. but it, it did just start with me just literally throwing things at yeah. the wall yeah. um, or the book yeah. really um, <laughs> until I figured out like there was a cohesive thought yeah. you know I didn't mm -hmm. know it was there until I started putting it all out mm -hmm. there and I'm like oh this is a topic yeah yeah no I, I, I like what you said there at the beginning because something that I have realized about myself as I've gotten a little bit older now and I, I you know have time to kind of think about what I do and, and what I excel at and what I don't excel at is I am I'm to a T, like I'm a, I'm a planner. Like I try to plan for things, not in the sense that like, you know, uh, like I'm not like uber organized necessarily, but more in the sense that like, I like to have a structure to things. I like to have a good idea of like, okay, this is how this day is gonna go. If I'm gonna make a trip over here, I like to know when we're gonna be there, how, mm -hmm. what we're gonna do afterwards. And that can be a good thing. Like, I, you know, I, I think that the, uh, the extreme of being totally unplanned for anything is, is not generally a great thing. But for me, oftentimes, it can be a detriment to where I'm so focused on making sure everything is planned out that I can kind of, I can hinder myself to a degree, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I'm saying all this because you, you said, you know, I didn't have like a grand thought written down on this, you know, scroll in my house or anything like You just kind of went for it. You just said, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll mark me down for this date. And you just kind of figured it out from there. And yeah. I, I think that's an interesting thing because 
I think finding that balance of, yes, you want to try and plan for things as much as you can, mm -hmm. but also not stalling yourself too much and not over planning things. Yeah, I think that's really cool. if I had waited to say yes until I had the perfect topic, mm -hmm. it would never have happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said yes, and that forced me. Yeah. Because I didn't want to disappoint this mm -hmm. person, like, mm -hmm. and pull out. So I'm yeah. like, I got to come up with something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, once I realized that there was an idea there that, like, kind of encompassed all the things mm -hmm. that I was, mm -hmm. you know, jotting down in this notebook. Yeah. Then I did organize it. I yeah. created an outline mm -hmm. so that I wasn't just completely rambling yeah. for 20 minutes straight. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I kind of went from the opposite way of just like, and I, that, I do that a lot. Like I try to be mm -hmm. well organized, but yeah. when I'm coming up with um, even, you know, I write a lot of grants. When mm -hmm. I'm writing a grant, I just go, <laughs> like on paper and and then I pull it back not literally but metaphorically <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I just kind of uh, throw it all out there and get all the ideas out of my head and then like it's you know I'm picking pieces out yeah. of the air and yeah. like moving them around and that's what works for me mm -hmm. um, I think some of that's maybe like you know an artistic temperament of like I have so much going on in my head mm -hmm. that I cannot work with it and organize it until it's mm -hmm like out of my head. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, we yeah. can come up with a plan then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, th I think for me, the thing I've realized is it's finding that balance of, you know, it, it's not a bad idea to plan for things. Like, you know, I think of like, if you're gonna go on, you know, a, uh, like a international vacation, you don't wanna be like, well, hopefully there'll be a flight at the airport. Like, yeah. you, wanna, you wanna have some <laughs> we'll just things. Just wing it. Yeah, yeah, let's just yeah. see if they're flying out, you know. You wanna no, have some things ready to go, mm -hmm. but also, you know, and I know that's a little bit of a silly example, but, the thing I've found is that a little bit of a little bit of pressure, like you know, ha knowing that there's a deadline of some sort, oh, like, knowing yeah. like, okay, I've got to have this thing ready in three weeks or ready in X amount of days, whatever. Uh, that can help a little bit. Like it's okay, it's okay to have that kind of that you know the the kick that you need to to get out the door and get going and and, and get the ball rolling on whatever you're mm -hmm. working on. And that was always my issue because I would try to you know plan for every contingency and try to mitigate every single issue that I could. And there's just no way you can do that. Like you said, if you if you wanted to plan for the perfect topic, you'd probably still be planning. You know. Yeah, that, and you know. honestly, I mean, I I am a planner yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and and this is kind of forcing myself into these positions is mm -hmm. kind of a way to let go of that mm -hmm. and to like like I mentioned earlier do the things that I'm scared of mm -hmm. it's like well now I don't have a choice mm -hmm. like I can't I don't have all this time to like plan and replan and rearrange um, which is my kind of inclination mm -hmm. to do like you don't have time for that just, yeah you just got to do it yeah um, and I think the reason that I like to plan is because I've got all these ideas in my head that mm -hmm. if I don't put it in a plan. You have some structure to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. need structure <laughs> desperately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same, it's that balance of like, if I try to plan too hard, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna miss out on something. Yeah. And yeah. you don't want that. Yeah, no, I 100% resonate with that. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it can be, the, the thing I've learned is you don't wanna go too extreme in either direction. You don't wanna just say, well, we'll figure things out and you know things will come together and, and you know you don't wanna just wing it as you go along all day long, but you also don't wanna have everything, every single thing you Mapped know, planned out to a T. Yeah, because yeah, life is, uh, if anything, but unpredictable, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's uh, you don't, you gotta find that right balance. And I think that's something I'm continually learning more about. And, and, and it I'm, takes I'm, practice, yeah. it really does. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna pretend that this is just like a natural thing for me, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, anything you wanna do well, I think mm -hmm. you have to practice. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree with that. Uh, something I want to ask you about is a little bit more uh, talking about just your work. Uh, you're still currently working in the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. So the work that you've you've worked in there for just not necessarily at the place you're at right now, but just how many years in totality, or how long have you been working in the nonprofit sector as a whole? Um, I have worked in nonprofits off and on mm -hmm. for probably like 17 years, oh. um, but. I got my degree mm -hmm. and started like doing it on purpose yeah, yeah. Um, after my cancer diagnosis. So I guess uh, like eight years yeah. like that I've really been doing it like consistently Yeah. Um, and not doing things in between. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have like a moment where it hit like, and you know, maybe, maybe you didn't, but I, I'm, I, I feel like you may have had some experience where do you ever have a moment where, you know, like you said, you worked on and off and, you know, this isn't your first time working in the nonprofit sector, but was there ever a time where you realized that 
what you were doing wasn't just a job. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just something that paid your bills, but you, you realize that the work you do actually does have impact on people, you know, outside of your immediate network. That, you know, for example, like I, if, if I do something good, I can, I can help someone in my immediate friend group or my family or people that I have immediate connections to. But there's only so much that I as one individual can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there ever a moment for you where you realized that, oh wow, like the work I'm doing it doesn't just stop with me. It goes out far beyond me and impacts people or communities outside of my immediate grasp. Was there ever a time like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was the moment that I decided to go back to school and come yeah. back to Chattanooga. I'm, you know, like I said, I was doing customer service mm-hmm. in a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't think that would have mm-hmm. a huge impact on people. I was working for a nonprofit student loan company, of all things. Oh, yeah. And I know how everybody feels about student loan companies. <laughs> Believe me, I got student loans too. But because they were a nonprofit, yeah. like I, as a customer service person, was encouraged to like counsel borrowers and like encourage them to not take more money than they yeah. needed. Yeah. And it was just this really strange model of like we're actually trying to like serve them and do what's best for them not make money yeah we're like oh but if you do this you're going to be better off like um and it was uh, you know i realized like i could do that um on purpose and with something else like student loans were not my passion you know i don't know if it's it's any many people's passions for sure (laughs) um but i was like you know i could i could really do something with this and do something that like you know, help people while, you know, in a in an area that I'm actually interested in. Yeah. Like, which for me at the time was um, education, arts mm-hmm. education, and I'm still very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not where I ended up doing my, you know, daily work at this point. Yeah. Um, but I am very passionate about the work that I do as yeah. well um, yeah. in health. Um, so yeah, that absolutely that was, you know, kind of a moment of. Um, this is what I want to do, yeah. so I'm going to go for it. I think that's really. I, I've never heard of a student loan nonprofit, you know, uh, company. Unfortunately, where they, they don't exist anymore. Well, I, know, I was, but just, but still, the idea of like that was just that's just interesting because it, it kind of gets back to like, you know, a little bit what I was talking about earlier. Like, I think it's really cool that there's broadly speaking the nonprofit sector. Like, it exists. It's a thing. Yes, mm-hmm. but it takes all different kinds of shapes and different, uh, you know, forms that there's. There is a lot of, you know, classic ones that we've all, like, we all know of things like Salvation Army or, like, you know, the Red Cross, like things like that mm. that we've all heard of and seen, like, the right. logos and everything for. But there's all these different ones, like these uh, somewhat smaller ones that do so many intricate and different things that I would I would never think to do something like that. Like, this, I, I don't know. I just find that very interesting and, and really cool that uh, there's people out there that do work like you that, know, you know? I, I think of the nonprofit sector as, you know, as a world of ideas. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a place where, like, People are trying to come up to come up with solutions to mm-hmm. problems they see in the world, mm-hmm. and there are some really creative people, yeah. you know, founding nonprofits to address things that like nobody else has thought to do yet. Yeah. That are really addressing real problems yeah. and making a significant impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to ask you, and you know, you've said you've been uh, you said you've been cancer free for nine years now. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, well, I know you've told me you worked, you worked at a, uh, you know, like a, a breast cancer support center uh, mm-hmm. for a, non- a nonprofit business in, in that sense. And uh, I would imagine over that amount of time, you likely came into contact with people who not only resonated with your story, but found you to be somewhat of a role model for them in the sense that you walked ahead of them in, in the footsteps as they've gone, gone, that they're about to walk in, you know? Uh, does that ever, did, did, did an experience like that ever impact you and make you, like, I guess what I'm getting at is there have been times where people have asked me or have told me, like, hey, the work that you've, what you just did has really positively impacted me. And I didn't even realize what I was doing was going to have that kind of impact. I've been told, you know, like, hey, there's people that see what you're doing and it's really making a positive impact in their lives. And to me, that's like the best thing, like to know that someone sees what I've done, whether it's here or outside of here, and it's made a positive impact on them in some way. Have you ever had experiences like that? And has, has it ever like reaffirmed what you're doing and who you are in the sense that what you're doing is, is good, you know? Yeah, it's a really weird feeling yeah, for me. Yeah, like yeah. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had clients, um, you know, at the breast cancer organization who, you know, we're just so kind and um, and 
very grateful, and mm -hmm. that was um, getting to work with them um, and actually work face to face with those clients was amazing. Um, and yeah, I got that, and my friends even, um, you know, still, uh, you know, tell me random weird little things that have impacted them that I did. I'm like. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I can't say that it doesn't feel good. Yeah. I mean, sure it does. It's also weird because, yeah. like, I don't, I don't necessarily see that myself that yeah. way. Like, I'm yeah. doing what I'm doing, I guess, because like, it makes me feel good. Yeah, you know, yeah. To to do things and and if it has a positive impact on other people, I mean, I guess that is the part that makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just never really think about it in terms of like being, you know. A role model, mm -hmm. um, but I am learning to accept that. Yeah. You know, that's something that um, I have, you know, worked on. Um, is like, hey, you know what? This isn't about how you see you. Yeah. You know, yeah. if if somebody says that you're making an impact on them, like, yeah. embrace that, appreciate yeah. it, and try to do more of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and no, I I 100 like I, I'm glad you put it that because I was struggling to come up with the words. I was no, trying I to get say. I get what you're saying. I Absolutely. Like, I, I don't know how to put this, but I feel like she's gonna understand because. Not that people are just like walking up to me and showering me with flowers. No, or I know exactly like, what you mean. But like yeah. of the times that someone's been like, "Hey, like what you just did, or, or you know what you've been doing, it really has made a positive impact on me and or it is, someone." It's it, gratifying. It, it's, yeah. it is very gratifying, but also it, it it can feel weird because I don't. When I wake up in the morning, I don't think, "Okay, well, I'm going to put on my yeah. public service cape today and go out and save a lot." Like you know, I'm. That's not the way I view myself because I just view myself as a normal, relatively normal person and going out and doing my mm -hmm. job and. It, it's it's gratifying, but it's also like it's it's weird to think like people look look to me that way. Yeah, it's also you know? it's almost kind of like um, you. I don't want to say have something to measure up to, but like you, you know, it, it is gratifying, but it also feels like you know it's a responsibility I have. If, yeah. if that's not what I see when I look in the mirror, yeah. but if other people see that, yeah. I want to be worthy of that, and I yeah. want to keep you know yeah. making a positive impact. Yeah. So like that, you know. It makes me go, okay, I'm I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. Let's let's keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, and, and for me it helps me like it helps me keep my composure if things aren't going great. Like, you know, it can be easy at times, at least for me to like you know, uh, to be like, man, just if, if you're having a bad day or oh, something, yeah. like it can be easy mm -hmm. to be like, what, what's, what's even the point? Like, why am, why am I doing this? What's, what's the point of all this? And a comment like that or someone saying like, hey, even if they may not realize that you're not having a great day and being like, hey, what you're doing is great. That to me is like, you've, you've filled me back up. Like you've, you've yeah, brought me back yeah. up to the surface and like, I'm, I'm ready to go now. Like yeah. I, I'm, I, you, you may, they have done more for me just by telling me that than they may have even realized, you know? Yeah, and, and we need that. Yeah. Like we need to see, we can't see ourselves clearly. We yeah. need, we need to see yeah. and accept yeah. that kind of, yeah. um, that kind of thing from other people. Yeah. When, when they see something in us, you know, we've got to try to yeah. be like, okay, yeah. maybe you're right. Yeah. You know? And and if for me, it can be difficult at times. Like I, I, me and my, I, I can say this now. Me, me and my now fiance. Uh, yeah, thank you. She she gives me a hard time because like I I have a very I've always had a hard time like accepting compliments for some reason. Mm. Like not that I don't want. Like I appreciate yeah, I you saying it. if you say nice things about it, like I appreciate it, but I never know like what to say. Like I don't, I don't want to be that person that like. I don't want to just seem like I'm like, oh, yes, I'm just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, you know, because I know that's not who I am, but I never know, like, how to respond. And so yeah. if someone ever is like, hey, like, you're doing a great job, or hey, like, what you've done, I, I see a, a bright future ahead for you, I'm always like, I don't know what to say. Like, you're being so nice think, to me. I, I'm you. not sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I, it's, yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think, do. You're being so nice to me. You I know? think a lot of people struggle with yeah. accepting compliments. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I think the best, yeah. the best response is, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And and if you have something, you know, like I like to return the favor. Yeah. Thank you. I think you're amazing too. <laughs> you know, like it's something so simple because, you know, it's like, well, they just made my day, yeah. you know, so yeah. I now I want to tell everybody on the planet how amazing yeah. they are. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I feel so good. Yeah. You no, want to share that. No, know? I'm I'm right there with you. And it's it's amazing how the little things like that really can make a big difference because even how my actions, like I, like I said, I don't wake up and think like, oh, I'm gonna go and do a, do a great deed today. Like I'm, you know, I, I don't think that necessarily all the time. It's more the, the things that I've been told have had a positive impact and more just been things that I've just been doing. Like I've, yeah. I've just done the work that I do. And 
it, it reaffirms the fact that the little things in life really do have a positive, mm-hmm. like a huge impact, or they can have yeah, a positive impact absolutely. because, yeah, there can be huge, like big things. Like, you know, if you receive an award in front of people, like, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. You're getting recognized publicly in front of people. But that thing can also be equally as important if you're just, if someone's like, hey, you're doing great. They just kind of pat you on the back like, hey, you, you're doing awesome. Keep mm-hmm. up great work. That, those things can mean so much. They can, they can equally be beneficial and important, you know. And, and that's something that I've learned is that the small things, they may be small, but they, may, they can mean a lot to somebody, you know. And I know that's true for me, and I would imagine that's Absolutely. true for others as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so one, one kind of last thing I want to ask you about is, so like obviously right now, I don't work in the nonprofit sector. I've never had any real uh, tr- like corporate training in the in the nonprofit <laughs> sector or anything like that. But the, as I've talked to more individuals like yourself that work in it and you know had more exposure to it, I feel it is partly my duty to make sure that whatever, whether it's in this area or it's a global one or whatever, I want to try and highlight them as much as I can because I feel like they do important work. And, it, and as we've said, they don't just do one thing. It's not like the nonprofit sector is one business doing one thing. There's a lot of different things that they do. And so as someone that's pretty deeply, you know, in the middle of the nonprofit sector doing work like that, like that, that is your job. What are some important nonprofit, sec- nonprofit businesses in the Chattanooga area specifically that you feel make a, maybe it's, it may not even be a you know, widely known one, but what are some, some businesses in this area that have a positive impact that you, you really want to highlight and talk about a little oh bit? Oh my gosh, like I could like <laughs> list like, them off you, all day. You've asked the question. Um, <laughs> no, um, okay, well my day job is with A Step Ahead Chattanooga, mm-hmm. um, and their mission is to remove barriers to um, contraception through education, outreach, and access to free birth control. Um, amazing work. Um, you know, preventative birth control really can have a huge impact on people's lives. You know, people can make more money, mm-hmm. finish their education, you know, time the pregnancy for if and when they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the board for Chattanooga Girls Rock, mm-hmm. um, and they basically empower, um, you know, girls and tra- trans and non-binary youth um, through music education and performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we actually just got done with the camp Last week, it's there's an annual summer camp, uh, and it's amazing to see those kids like grow in their confidence mm-hmm. and their communication skills, and you know, learn so much more through the arts. Um, I love Chattanooga Theater Center <laughs> and Arts Build. And, Where it all started. <laughs> um, like um, you know, uh, Public Education Foundation, um, Welcome Home of Chattanooga is an amazing mm-hmm. um, like uh, hospice home. Um, for um, you know, people kind of transitioning housing. I'm probably putting that all wrong. I'm not really yeah. involved with them. I just think yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Chattanooga Women's Leadership Institute. Like literally, I can go on all day, mm. so I should probably yeah. stop. But no, no, we I, have I love it. such like such an incredible, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just group of nonprofits yeah. in this area. Well, something I want to do, like in in that vein, is like. You know, obviously, you like you said, you could list off you know a bunch of them. Yeah, but, you're gonna have to add uh, it all. Yeah, no, 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 no. The reason why I want to ask you this is, uh, what if if you have like a top three or like these are the ones that like are my most important ones? Mm-hmm. Let me know what, and you can let me know after the fact. But I want to make sure that they're included. Excuse me, they're included in the description of this episode. So if people want to look at you know whether it's into the work that you do, mm-hmm. you know, on your your day job, or whether it's other areas or other nonprofits in the area if they want to check them out. I want to give them at least a link or something they can check them out. So sure. yeah, yeah. I, I want to be sure to put those in the description and, and allow everybody the chance to check them out if they want to. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just want to hear a little bit about your thoughts on just the, the local nonprofit uh, sector here in Chattanooga and, and just some of the work that they're doing because what I've realized is that a lot of times the work that they do, and again, it can take a lot of different shapes and forms, but it may not always be just like jumping out on the front on the front page. Like it's you, you may not know about it all the time, but it is really important work. It's it's work that makes a big impact and can really go a long way, even if we don't necessarily know about it or see it. You know, and, and that's the the cool thing about it, and something that I want to try and spread as much as I can. So yeah. Uh, try to narrow it down to a directory for you yeah, email try, you. Yeah, try <laughs> to whittle like, it down to, ah. yeah, so after this, be like, hey, here's 50 different ones, you know. Yeah, you don't want that, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could. Yeah, if you need to just throw a dart at a dartboard or just pick a random number or something, okay. yeah, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, I, I, I really think they do a lot of great work, and it, uh, I want to try and highlight it as much as I can. So th thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, well, first and foremost, as we're kind of wrapping things up here, I want to just say thank you to you. You've been great to speak with, great to chat a little bit with. It's been, uh, I, I've had the chance to talk to a lot of really interesting people on this show, and I feel very fortunate to do that because I, I know that not everybody gets a chance to just meet really cool people and have conversations with them. So thank you for being one of those people. Thank uh, you. I had fun. Yeah, it's been yeah. great chatting with you a little bit. Uh, I really appreciate it. Before we finish up here, I always want to give the guests a chance to have the floor, whether you want to give somebody a shout out, whether you want to say, hey, this is what I'm working on, whether, mm. whatever it is, uh, I want to give you a chance to address everybody that's listening. So if you got something that you want to talk about or anything that you want to you know, <laughs> promote before we finish up here, the floor is yours. So yeah, go for it. Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> like, I think I just did that like with my nonprofit shout feel free, out. Feel free to do it again. Um, uh, yeah, I just, the nonprofit community in this town is just amazing. I think what I'm going to say is just, Shout out to all of our local nonprofits. And if there is a cause that you care about, like if you can give money, give money. If you can give time, volunteer, you know, go and share, go on social media and share their posts and let other people know about them. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shout out like no. one cause there's just too many, but no. like find the thing that you're passionate about and you know, help them out awesome. in any small way you can because so we were talking about small things are big things. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said, if you'll send me a couple of a couple different ones that you really like, I'll make sure to include those in the description. So if you're at all interested in, uh, do, do you sp personally have any, like, I know you're on LinkedIn. Do you have any different links or any, any way people can follow with you, follow along with you or links to the, uh, what's, what's the name of the, you said a step ahead. Do you a all step have ahead like a Chattanooga is, um, the nonprofit I work yeah. for yeah. and it's a step ahead Chattanooga.org or you can find us by looking for a step ahead Chattanooga on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Okay. Um, make sure the Chattanooga is on there yeah. because there are other um, like related yeah. affiliates that yeah. have a similar name. So it's a step ahead Chattanooga. Um, cool. Yeah, and then yeah, LinkedIn is is probably okay. the place to find me. Cool. Well, I'll make sure if you're at all interested in following along with what a step ahead has going on, I'll put that uh, a link to their website and maybe a couple of their social medias in the description of this episode. So if you want to check them out. Uh, feel free to head down there. If you want to check out what Megan's got going on, you can uh, connect with her on LinkedIn and say, hey, just you know, checking on her and see what she's got going on. Uh, or you can, I'll make sure to put the links for uh, some of the nonprofits in the area that Megan really likes. And so if you want to check those out, uh, follow along with them, maybe support them, uh, then I highly recommend you head down there and check it out. But uh, with all that being said, Megan, I really appreciate you coming in today, chatting with me a little bit. It's been a pleasure getting to meet with you and, and chat with you. And uh, maybe, you know, I always tell everybody, maybe we'll do it again in the future who knows so uh, I'd love to chat with you again sometime and I hope that uh, maybe we can do it again in the future sometime so thank you again for coming in thank you so much yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and um, for everybody that's been listening and watching uh, thank you for listening thank you for watching it is always a, a pleasure and, and it, it, it's great to have people that want to listen and support the show so thank you for all that you do uh, like I said there's gonna be a lot of different links in the description so if you want to check out what Megan's got going on or all some of the uh, aforementioned links those will be down in the description. But uh, with all that being said, thank you again for listening and thank you again for watching. Uh, and I hope to see you on the next episode of The Third Seat. Goodbye, everybody.